0: Flashback 64 is the podcast where Gooey, McKenna, and friends flashback to the 90s and early 2000s with a look at the Nintendo 64's catalog. Starting with the console's launch titles
1: and proceeding in release order, they discuss each game and the contemporary cultural and
0: historical context. We discuss games such as Super Mario 64, GoldenEye, Ocarina of Time, and many more iconic titles, along with the lesser-known games. Follow us on Twitter at Flashback64Pod and listen to us wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Welcome to the Omega Metroid Podcast from OmegaMetroid.com. My name is Andy Spiteri, joined by Duminal Crossing and Dakota Lasky-Dak. What's going on, man?
1: Uh, Not much, not much. I just got back from a nice weekend in Evergreen, Colorado. So that was cool. Um, I was at a bachelor-bachelorette party for a couple friends of mine getting married in January, which I've never been to a combined bachelor-bachelorette party before. I've heard of um,
2: those. Was it, was it kind of weird or like was it like was the no, each I mean, group doing their own thing or like no,
1: we were all together pretty much all the time. I think there was only a moment one of the days where um, the group separated, but um, yeah, I mean it was, it was it was a chill bat. It wasn't like a go crazy kind of bachelor bachelor party. Like we didn't right. go to like Atlantic City or Vegas, obviously. So like it wasn't like that. It was pretty chill, low key, like hanging out, um, you know, partaking, listening, chilling, that kind of stuff, um, enjoying the scenery um went into denver for a day so yeah it was cool um so i'm back from that i took the day off afterward to kind of hang out i was going to spend the day playing armored core six which is what i'm going to do right after this show i've already Ooh. hit my mic so we're just starting <laughs> off great. um we but... need Zach Mike encounter <laughs> yeah, yeah i just don't know what it is it's my arms are so lanky but um
2: let me tell you i something.
1: was playing core but i played destiny all day instead so
2: well, that sounds like a Go pretty good day, actually. <laughs> uh, it was a great day. Yeah, I, I was gonna say, Doominal, Mr. Doominal, crossing over there shouldn't be giving you any grief, because I was doing uh, yesterday. We had we had this guy on the ZeldaCast because he's uh, you mm-hmm. know his his music IQ is through the roof, and I was doing my I my sacred <laughs> intro. Okay, I was like, "Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Zelda Cast And this guy starts talking in the middle of it, and I was like, oh. I was like Doom, what the heck? Oh, you've man. been you've okay. been on the show N- one
0: time and." Okay, so this dude, you're you're you are leaving out some important context here, Andy. So literally, right before you did that, this dude was like sticking out his tongue, <laughs> like he was like in some sort of like ritual or something like that. And I was just, and I just started laughing, just like, what the hell is going on? And like, I, I...
2: <laughs> sometimes you just gotta Listen, stretch if, your muscles you don't, before you podcast.
0: If you don't believe yeah. me, watch the episode yourself, and you tell me like i don't i don't know i don't know who who is more who is more out of pocket me or andy like <laughs> well but uh but yes uh, i was on the zelda cast recently it was a re- really fun episode i really um i really enjoyed chatting with you and allison yeah yeah well. we had a really cool discussion about music our overall thoughts on tears of the kingdom kind of a more a more summarized segment you mm-hmm. know and, uh, yeah, it was a good time. Uh, next weekend, I'm going to be at SAC Anime, uh, which I believe Charles Martinet is going to be there as well. So I'm going to see him in reunion. his post-Mario role. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely very excited. And speaking of Mario, uh, this bad boy finally arrived. The physical Super Mario Brothers movie soundtrack uh, just got in the mail t- today. The digital soundtrack has been available for a while, but this thing has taken a few months to arrive, and it is finally here and nice. in the collection.
2: Nice uh i saw that the mario bros movie was on amazon prime yesterday i almost watched it maybe i'll have to watch it this weekend i don't know but uh yeah i know that that sounds cool um i've got I've, I've had a little bit of the blues earlier today I, i've seen i've been getting emails tons of emails and i've seen some people starting to get like their their travel arrangements ready to go to pax which i was originally intending to go mm. to this weekend and then my dog had surgeries and i had to bow out and uh and, and I'm feeling, uh, you know, a little blue now because I'm like, man, that looks like fun. Like, I, I wish that I could go. So, um, wishing everybody that is going a fantastic time. If you see any cool metrovanias, tag me. Let me know. I'm all about that. So, um, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm excited for today because we actually, somebody, and, and I wish I could remember, but I off the top of my head don't have that information, but somebody pitched us an idea a couple weeks ago and we are, we're making it happen today. This is the, the first installment of... Of what's going to be a uh, a new running sub series for us, something that we're going to revisit, and uh, we don't have a name for it. But what we're going to be doing is reviewing the Metroid manga, and uh, i've I, I've never i've never read any of the Metroid manga before. Uh, I read volume one, and we're going to be focusing on volume one today. Um, but I've never read it. I've never. I kind of, sort of knew what it was about, but like not really. So I, I came into this I think as blind as someone that's been a Metroid fan for 20 years could probably <laughs> be um so was, I'm really I'm really excited to talk about this. I thought that there was a lot of cool stuff here but yeah I, I, have you guys did you guys ever dip your toe into any of the uh the manga that was released?
1: Not really. I mean and, and to be clear, we're talking about like the official Metroid manga, like the one that like the Metroid manga, not like Samus and Joey or like the retelling of Metroid Prime 2 or whatever mm-hmm. that was, like the manga. Um no, I've never read it in its entirety before. I've read I'm pretty sure I read the first like chapter and then I read like bits and pieces like that I'd seen on Twitter or something like that. Like I've never sat down and actually read it. Um and I've I've read a few manga here and there. Like I read Attack on Titan. I read like um, like a Journey to the West uh, themed kind of manga once, um, a couple other ones like I've dipped into like Death Note or Full Metal, whatever. But I've never mm-hmm. been like a huge like reading a ton of manga, like I'm not a one piece reader or anything like that kind of guy. As much as I do like manga, I just haven't read a lot. It. Right. Um, so it was a surprise to me that I haven't read it in its entirety before, especially because it is pretty accessible on the internet. And also considering we've done the show, I'm surprised that we've... It's taken us this long, this to, long yeah. to get to this, but hey, I mean, there's always... Like, how. Whoever thought that we have so much Metroid content to talk about. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to jump into this, but this is also my first time uh, reading it in its entirety. Dude, yeah, I'm roughly it?
0: in the same boat as well, yes, because I've never read the manga. I've never read any of the Metroid mangas, including this official one that we're talking about today. And You know, like you said, say, Dak, fans you know, I've seen... I, I'm I, I hate Metroid. It's just uh, why am I on this podcast? Yeah. No, but um, but yeah, like, like you said, Dak. You know, I've seen like little bits of like strips on like Twitter and stuff like that. You know, there's been panels in the manga. That there's that mm-hmm. one image of Ridley that I actually saw when reading the manga, and yeah. I was like, the Ridley, oh, Ridley image. There's, yeah, mm. there's a no lot Ridley
1: more Ridley good image. reaction Ridley reactions in this too. Like when I was going through it, not to cut you off there, but there are there's more than that. Like I feel like there's so much more juice meme wise to be squeezed from this manga because there's a lot of good i mean the, the artwork's really really good in this manga i have in yeah. my opinion but there are a lot of good shots that are like great reaction
0: images beyond that one but continue yeah Th- i agree There, there, absolutely there is like so much like unmind meme potential yes, in this there's so much I, more. I absolutely agree <laughs>
2: there there is one specific line that just cracked me up and i don't know why but i was i was actually like laughing out loud like like reading it and i'll 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 save it to when we get there, but, um, yeah, kind of like, you know, kind of like with you, I'm actually, uh, I'm staring at a copy of the Ocarina of Time manga, which is the, the only manga I've really ever, uh, ever read, and, um, if you're watching us on YouTube right now, which you should, um, you can see behind me kind of that I've, I've got like a massive collection of comics, like, uh, a lot of them like DC comics, like, I'm a big Batman fan, I'm a big Green Lantern fan, I really like the Sandman uh, some of those classic Alan Moore comics, like I, I really love comics, and and for whatever reason, um, it just it never translated for me to manga, and I think it could be as simple and as basic as it it just it still takes me a while to process reading right to left, uh, which I know makes me sound like a huge loser and like whatever, <laughs> but like I I just it's something it's something that I I feel like I always kind of have to catch myself when i when i'm reading manga and I, and i think that's why i've never gotten into it so once you know I've, so personally i found that and we should mention too that um all of all of the manga has been uh tra- fan translated uh, by metro database and it's available on metrodatabase.com so thank you to them for for doing that for bringing this over to you know to a lot of people that wouldn't otherwise have it and um, and I think that that helped me a little bit because it was like, I was, I don't know about you guys, but I was reading it on my phone and it was kind of like panel by panel by panel in like a very vertical way. So it was, it was just like a little bit easier for me to get around that mental block in my head of like right to left. Cause you could, you wouldn't have to go like right to left and then to the other page. I don't know what it was, but it, it just, it made it go down a little bit easier for me. And I'm glad that it did. Cause I actually, I really enjoyed this, this first volume.
1: I agree. Cause I, same reading is hard for me too um so i'm (laughs) but no i've I've actually had no problem reading the manga i I read on my pc though but yeah it was really cool that it was available um i did read i have read a bunch of manga on my phone though and i do prefer actually reading it on my phone so i'm not surprised that uh you enjoyed it more Mm -hmm. but um yeah this was this was this was cool to jump into i'm glad that we we finally did and i'm i'm glad that you took a shot on it because I feel like you were probably the most like not hesitant, but maybe
2: you know not into it as much. I don't know. I, I don't want to say that I wasn't into it or that I was hesitant. I, I actually I don't know why that it took us this long to to kind of yeah. get to the manga. Like way back when, like when you were I when you and I were chatting, before we'd even like decided the name of, of our podcast, I was I was jotting down some ideas for if we ever did a Metroid podcast, uh what we could talk about and like Metroid manga was on there and just for some reason it took us a long time to get here but uh but here we are and uh and yeah I'm excited to dive into this so so the way that that i kind of did this and I, and I think this is the the format that's going to work for us here is why don't we go through story or chapter by chapter I'll kind of summarize uh what's going on and we can kind of chime in as as needed uh during that recap or just at the end of the chapter kind of give our overall thoughts and then uh and then kind of go from there so uh, yeah. I, I guess if you guys are ready, let's get into it. Um, okay. Ready. So, just, uh, just also to note, again, this is the official Metroid manga volume one. We're only doing volume one today. And I was trying to find some information on when it was released. And I actually didn't find that information in time for the podcast. But it was it was released. I hope what you guys can maybe help me out. But it, clearly it was released like sometime after 2002. Because it, it has a lot of elements of the first... Four, 2003. 2003 sorry
1: okay. it's uh, 2003 to 2004 right. was the run so it came out every month from like chapter by chapter monthly from january of 2003 to uh may of 2004
2: does it say who published it as well
1: um according to the to wikitroid uh, which i just quickly put it it was it was in magazine z was the was what it was okay. uh published in and then it was written by koji Tazawa. Illustrated by Kenji Ishikawa. And then yeah, it was on the it had a link to the official Metroid site. Um but yeah, apparently it was in the Metroid the magazine Z. Right. Magazine, I guess.
2: Cool. Um well yeah, okay. Well that, uh, thank you for having that information. So so it's it's really cool because it's written like after you know, after Metroid Fusion comes out, so it's able to weave a lot of these slots yes. together, which I, I really yeah. enjoyed. Um, okay, so let's get started. So, chapter one, this is the origin story, and if this was a movie, this would take like a whole movie. But thank God that this wasn't. So here we go. Um, we start off with Samus, and uh, the year is two. The year is two thousand when the Galactic Federation forms, which is wild because.
1: Accurate, accurate. That's what happened in two thousand.
2: Yeah, uh, I guess I guess I'm waiting for my my invite or something. But so the Galactic Federation is a community of, of all of these different species and nations and countries, and uh, they they've been formed together. And the most valuable—I don't know if it's a mineral or uh, some it's kind of substance—as a mineral, okay. Yeah, the most valuable mineral in the universe is called uh, a floralite. and uh, we we go to the planet K two L and uh and we meet Rod in Virginia. I say iran Do you guys say Aaron? I never I've never said Aaron. Aaron. You say Aaron? Doom. Am I just uh, a freak
0: here?
1: Samus Aaron. Yeah. Yeah, it's
0: it's canonically Aaron. I know, but I, I hate it. I, okay, Samus Aaron? I don't
1: know. Rod Aaron?
0: Right, yeah, kind <laughs> of. You, you know, name? Rod, Rod actually does sound kind of cool, is pretty why. dope. <laughs> While we're on
2: the topic, actually, because I I've been trying to change my ways and say Zebis instead of Zebes because I always said Zebes for like the first I don't know how how that long. Is,
1: that cannot be right.
2: I asked my wife, I'm like, how <laughs> like, how would you right. how would you say this word? And she was like, I don't know, Zebes. And I was like, Thank you. Maybe it's a Canadian thing. I don't know. Anyways,
0: so yeah, yeah. no, I, I I was the same way too until like they gave us the re- the real pronunciation. there you go i'm sorry i
1: never thought it was zeebs but maybe i don't know um
2: so so rod and virginia aaron are of course Samson's parents and they are miners that are stationed on the planet k2l and they are mining uh at floralite and um all of a sudden we get some visitors from outer space and it's the chozo and we meet two chozo in particular old bird and gray voice and old bird kind of takes a second to to bond with a young samus aaron who is three years old but fully talking and fully like (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah. she's the smartest three-year-old child you've ever seen in your life um all the other
1: three-year-olds are also talking and running around and like seven-year-olds yeah
2: yeah so so there you go it's it they have a cute little interaction though i i like their interaction samus is very is very sweet. Actually, so so right before we we got on the podcast, uh I was telling Dak and Doom, I just watched uh Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind the other night and I like Samus young Samus almost kind of gives me like Nausicaä vibes in a way cuz she's very anti-violence, very, you know, very wholesome character uh in in this interpretation. Um and she also Samus also adopts a rabbit named Pionchi. Is that the is that how you say it? <sighs>
1: I'm trying to. I I know. I don't. I have it pulled up here. I I know how, how it's, it's spelled, written, but uh, yeah, how it's written, not how it's said.
2: Whatever. It's going to be Pionchi, So there we go. Um, well, at the same time, Gray Voice is there, and he's essentially negotiating with uh, Rod Aaron to to take a whole big stash of pretty much uh, all of
1: it, like a very solid amount of this mineral that he, is specifically. For this caravan, and before you go ahead, I think it's really important to note here. That I really like how they. This is also the 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 uh, origin story, almost of the Galactic Federation itself. Yeah, because the story starts with the whole reason why a fluorite is being mined is because it, it's the the fuel that's needed for the caravan to connect all of the planets together, in order to literally make the Federation. So the mining of this uh, this resource is incredibly important. It's also vital to the Federation existing at all. Yeah. And it also make It's like K2L is not just some colony Samus was living on. It's literally how the Federation is going to unite itself is based on the shoulders of the work of the people on this planet and this colony. So um, right. the Chozo show up and they're like, hey, uh, we know you need it for all of this caravan stuff, but actually we need it. Uh, we're not going to tell you why, but we totally need that. Can you give it to us?
2: Yeah. And so so they say that. And of course the answer is no, uh, you know, Rod, Rod says, we need this for, for our mission, for our purposes. And you can't tell us why you need it. So we're not going to, to give it to you. And I almost thought that there might be some, some funny business here, some Raven beak kind of business, but the, <laughs> the, the, the Chozo go away. They're, uh, they're totally, they're, like, right, cool. they're just like, all right, we can't reach a deal. Okay. However, unfortunately, for the uh the citizens of k2l the chozo landing on that planet have attracted the attention of the space pirates and general ridley whoo this guy is he's talking and he is uh he's a firecracker i actually like i i thought it was so funny when he was just like let's kick some ass and he comes down i was
1: was like is that ridley speaking or is that something else Yeah, yeah that was that was something
2: I was, uh, I was, at the first time I was just like, okay, this is great. And, uh, I don't know why it was so unexpected, but I, I think we all know the story from there. Ridley and the Space Pirates attack. And actually what I didn't know is that, uh, usually you just hear that everyone on K-12 was slaughtered except for Samus, which, which is true. But, uh, the Space Pirates steal all of the Afloralite and, uh, bring it back on their ship. And Rod sneaks aboard and he has, like, a flamethrower and ignites the Afloralite, which destroys the ship obviously destroys the Afloralite and destroys Rod himself. So Rod has perished and Samus has to watch Ridley uh, literally slay her mother in front of her eyes as he was about to slay uh, three-year-old Samus as well. And, and Samus sneaks away and, and is, uh, is safe, but the colony is totaled. The colony is destroyed and Samus is taken in by old bird and gray voice and they take her back to the planet Zebes. So, uh, I, I was expecting a little bit more of a drawn-out origin story, actually, so I kind of appreciated that we kind of got to the action right away.
1: I thought it was great. I mean, I yeah. love that they put the origin... Like, that is the origin story right then and there in that single chapter. I thought it was so well-structured. Yeah. It's a really good, like, sub-story of, like, the space... Like, the Floralite, like, trying to get off the world, and the shows are showing up. Like, that little bit of story is is really well-constructed um i love this i love that it didn't need to be dragged out like this this is like the the teaser of like if there was a movie right like this would be before like the first act really begins you'd get kind of like all this a little bit if not like the first maybe 10 20 minutes of the first act um but yeah this was really cool this i love as someone who like knew obviously okay k2l like Mm -hmm. samus's parents getting charred i love the little bits of like extra detail like no like rod wasn't just standing there along with um What's the what's his wife's name? What's Samus' mom's name? Um, Virginia. 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 sorry. Yes. Rod and Virginia. Like it's, I like it, I think it's easy for people to just kind of be like, oh, it was Rod and Virginia in between Samus and Ridley and really just yeah. scorches them. Like actually Rod like is on the ship. He did like, something cool. A light. Virginia doesn't really do anything. That's pretty much exactly as it happens. But I like that there was a little bit more detail. I like that there's the detail of like the Chozo trying to negotiate the Eflorite, which is obviously setting up for something later. Mm. What we, you know, what they need it for. Um, so there's some good setup there. Uh, this chapter was. I love this. This is great. There's a great origin story right here.
2: Yeah, yeah, totally. It uh, it reminded me of. I, I think I made a Man of Steel reference a couple of weeks ago, and I'm about to make another one. Because at the beginning of that movie, um, you, you kind of see Krypton in its last little uh, last few days there, and I, this kind of gave me that same kind of vibe. Where it's just like, "This is awesome! Like, this is just like a, a great like introductory uh, tale for an origin story for our for our hero that doesn't need to last like longer. It doesn't overstay its welcome. And in fact, it's it's way actually way shorter than than the the Krypton part of Man of Steel. So I I agree. I thought this was this was great.
1: Yeah, Doom. What do you think?
0: So for me. Um, I like the story and concept, but I don't like the way it plays out in the paper. For me, at least, I found it really incomprehensible in a lot of parts and very difficult to follow along. And perhaps I'm stupid. You know, <laughs> I, do, I do a lot of stupid things. So, you know, it wouldn't, wouldn't be out of my line of work. But, like, you know, the, so, for example, the whole part of, like, you know, Rod sacrificing himself, like... To me, like it felt like one moment he was on the ground, then all of a sudden the next moment we were in a firefight in space, and then all of a sudden he's sacrificing himself, and like it felt like things were happening like a second apart, and I was like, wait, what's what's going on here? The part where, so the part I I know Samus's uh, mom Virginia is killed by Ridley because like because like that's something we all know beforehand. I totally missed that in the panel when I was when I was reading the whole Ridley exchange, which actually mm-hmm. I actually really enjoy. I actually really enjoy the Ridley exchange with Samus. That's actually one of the positive notes I want to talk about. Is because so there's this thing that um, there's this thing that Samus has with um, when she meets uh, not not quite Robe. I'm thinking Dread. Gray voice. who is Gray voice Earl yes. Bird
1: or whatever? Yeah. By, yeah it's, it's one old of them. man. Old man. <laughs> By
2: the way, sorry. I just want to get this out really quick. I know that like you guys are making fun of the Chozo names in uh, in Metro Dread, but like they fit like they there's a Chozo later who's named platinum chest like yeah all <laughs> I, of a sudden raven beak a quiet robe don't seem like so silly but uh, i digress
1: well well i i will yeah
0: i i guess i guess yeah
1: okay i'll
0: give you that but but, but yeah but anyways so the, the the part of this of this chapter that actually really worked for me was samus's relationship with um with a uh, gray voice and how it kind of and how it kind of Turned into her, you know, her antagonism with Ridley, where, you know, at first she's scared of Grey Voice, and Grey Voice kind of, you know, talks to her about, like, hey, listen, we look different on the outside, but we have the same heart on the inside. And then, you You're know, Oldberg, he's the one right?
2: that- You're talking about Old Bird, Old Olber-
0: Bird, yeah. yeah. Okay, sorry. I- Go I'm, g- I'm going com- to confuse the two a lot, just... <laughs> It doesn't help when it's, like, you know they're what? all in black and white panels. Too, I, I yeah.
2: made a note, actually, that I was going to save for later, but this is, seems like a good time to bring it up. I, I also had a hard time distinguishing between Graveways and Old Bird.
0: Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so I really liked how that played out. And then, during the invasion, when Samus re- meets Ridley, she remembers the lesson that um that uh, Old Bird, right? <laughs> that yes. Old Bird taught her. And she actually tries to befriend Ridley, um... Instead, and basically Ridley instead just kind of taunts her. The, the, the dialogue isn't that great, but it's a fan translation, so it's whatever. I'm not, like, too torn about it. But, yeah. like, the actual concept of, like, Samus trying to befriend Ridley and then, you know, having her world turned upside down in, you know, the most traumatic way possible, I, I think is, like, a really cool story element.
1: Yeah, I, yeah. uh, I, I liked, I mean, I think that moment's really cool. Like I like a little bit of Ridley, like Ridley's face that the other meme image from that, where Ridley kind of just like looks at her with this like sad face, like pitying her almost. Um, I'm going to actually, I don't know if this is a hot take as a huge Ridley fan. I don't know if I like Ridley in this. I'm going to be really honest here. Um, I don't know if that's I, a
2: hot take. Cause I, yeah. I thought it was great. The novelty of him, like saying, let's kick some ass at first is really fun but I
1: like the the manga is very like anime manga like tropey you know and how like characters talk and obviously it's a fan translation some of it's lost in translation but some a lot of this is very tropey and and you know very usual typical anime way of characters interacting and talking which is totally fine it's like a style whatever um but there's something about ridley like i I know he's like the cunning god of death i know like especially the manga he's meant to be a bit more sinister but when i'm reading it here he comes off as like yeah. and a joke yeah like i can't take him which which i think is a really interesting dichotomy because and we can get into this more later but i really love how in the manga the space pirates are treated like as a serious threat like Mm -hmm. they like the federation's afraid of them until like that one operation in chapter four chapter five um i thought that's really cool but at the same time, the space pirates and Ridley are all like, you bastard, I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> like, I'm going to, you know, yeah. I'm going to skate yeah. you alive. You know, I'm like, and, and like, what the, what? Okay. And Ridley, the space pirates talk, like, I don't know. I guess they can be kind of goofy, but like Ridley kind of comes off as like, he's like, not a really crazy, serious, like villainy heel. He's like Seth Rollins, you know, he, g- yeah. he gave me like Seth Rollins vibes where he's like a, uh, like a wacky kind of villain and and like like he
2: reminds me of the joker in this
0: in uh, yes the joker but less sinister like
1: sinister but almost more cheesy i don't know
0: i i think your take on ridley is ultimately kind of how i feel about the manga as whole where it's like ultimately you know i like you know i i like i like kind of the skeletal structure you know i like i like the the point a to point b i like the overall flow of it but like when you're reading the the literal events on the paper, I don't think it translates well to Metroid. Mm. But I think, but I think if you're able to look past that and kind of appreciate it for what it is, it, it can be really enjoyable. Because like, because like obviously, like Ridley, the, the Ridley we see in here is not the Ridley that's in games, like at all. This is no. th- th- this may it's as well be an turned OC. Up. It's a bit turned <laughs>
1: up, yeah. But that's interesting you said because I actually think this is like the best Metroid story I've read. I. Um, Compared to even concluding, like it's better than the games. I think. I think the storytelling here is like it's a it's a compelling story. It mm-hmm. feels like a full story to me. Where Metroid stories always feel like I'm getting bits and pieces of stuff, and I like how I'm getting a direct story that I can follow. I know, Doom. You said you had a hard time following it. I had I really had no problem following it. I mean, I, I definitely get you. Like he kind of felt like he kind of just tele- Rod just teleported on the ship, but like I just accepted that. I was like, okay, he's on the ship. Like, all right. I didn't need to see him. Like grapple onto it and whatnot but that's fine but I actually really liked how coherent and like a full structured story we got here which was so n- a nice change of pace from Metroid which I feel mm. like I'm always like I'm always wanting more story and like give me more like sustenance and this is giving it to me so I actually really like I mean aside from some dialogue I actually like how the, the flow the story flows and for me
2: but I, I think I almost completely agree with you actually and like the the dial, like I don't want to pick on the dialogue because it is a fan translation yeah and, and I think like it's it's really tough if you're doing like a one to one translation to like you know get capture that.
1: the emotion and the jokiness and
2: people's voices yeah that's definitely right tough. right so so that's tough Rid, I mean Ridley he like I said at first I was like this is great and then I was like yeah <laughs> you know like um and I and I do think that you have a point Doom where like some there are some panels that I had to go back and like reread a couple different times because I was just like wait, like, how did we get here? Like, what's happening again? Um And I do think that, that that's probably another reason why I, I've I've kind of struggled a little bit in, in my years with, with mangas, because a lot of it is in black and white, which can be just, by nature of that, a, a little bit more difficult to follow, because it, it kind of tends to blend together. But I think on the whole, like, I, I would, like, it was easy enough just to reread a couple panels if I needed to, and I I had a decent enough time following along. And, like, once you do start, like, Getting that that solid story structure together, I was really impressed with with the with the story. Although I, I guess I can see what you're saying, where it's just like if you're reading the summary on like Wikipedia or something like that, it's a great story, but maybe in in following it, not everyone's cup of tea. Um, but I I really I enjoy. Anyways, let's get to chapter two here, and let's let's keep this story rolling along. Oh uh, um, wait, I
1: just want I just want to say uh, one more thing before we go ahead here. Yeah. Um, I do want to say again the artwork some really stunning panels in this first chapter. I mean, there's, I love the big sweeping landscape stuff. The space pirate ship. Can we not talk about the, like, the eldritch nightmare that is the space pirate mass, like, where's that? Looks in, awesome. where is, yeah, where's that in the games? Like, that looks awesome. I love the, I, I really love the juxtaposition of, like, the traditional sci-fi stuff, but then when you cut to, like, the space pirates and, like, the Chozo, it's very more, it's, like, a lot more abstract and, like, demonic at times, like, you know, later in the it's it's really cool. I
2: like they, it. They tried to do a little bit of that in Zero Mission, um, and the ship in Zero Mission just doesn't look as imposing as this one. It looks it looks very cool and like
0: it, I I it actually hope have... that it's purple either. Not a very imposing color usually. Usually, wow. Nintendo GameCube it, well, is purple. Well, to by be goddess. fair,
1: Ridley's purple. Ridley's purple <laughs> yeah. all the times, and he's pretty menacing. It just kind of comes off as a generic spaceship. This looks like a like a. This is monster. It's crazy. It's awesome.
2: This thing looks like Independence Day, like, coming out of the clouds, a bunch of blasts. Yeah, uh, and then
1: you have, like, that big, um, the big panel where, after Rod destroys the ship and, like, Ridley is, like, in the huge amount of fire and stuff. Yeah. Of course, at the top, it's like, hey, you gotta be kidding me, but, like, if you ignore about the dialogue, (laughs) like, you just look at the art, I'm like, oh, like, it's awesome, and, like, the Chozo overlooking it, like, it was the final shot, like, with Samus' silhouette, like, some really, really good artwork in here, so...
2: Um, I, I agree. I thought that the only like the only negative—it's not even a negative. It's just the the virtue of what it is. But like, I think that the only thing that I had a bit of trouble with is, is as you said, Doom. Like, it was hard to tell which one is old bird, and which one is gray voice. Sometimes because really, it's like, I I struggled with that. uh, One's short, sure, one's tall,
1: one's old, one's not
0: right i mean so, is I a... t- so the characters the characters in my opinion are easy to tell apart it's it's getting their names are just very easy to get confused i feel like i think when you're not reading it yes like
1: in our discussion right now they're just two names when you're reading it i feel like it's very obvious who is who and it's easy to keep track of but then when you bring it away from the manga and you're discussing it i agree it can like they're just
0: interchangeable
2: yeah. i i would agree i like i i think like obviously like as a story rolls forward which we'll get to it's it's very clear which one is old bird and which one is gray voice but uh it, it did take me a, a few like rereads to to make sure just that i had my that i had my ducks in a row be like okay old bird talking to samus here gray voice mm-hmm. negotiating with rod okay i think we're good uh okay let's go to chapter two because i really i was really right. down with chapter two here so we are introduced to mother brain i love this interpretation of mother brain so she is an ai that controls zebus and is kind of like, uh, like kind of like the caretaker of the planet. Like she is the, you know, she's like the, the Skynet before it, before it goes rogue. And, and I was just like, there's some, there's some Harvey Dent vibes here. I'm liking this. And I think like, again, it kind of sets up like, you know, what's going to happen, but how it happens is, is the mystery. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting. So I, you know, you know me, I'm a sucker for like a good AI story. i really like that even about Metroid other M. So I was just like, Ooh, yeah, I, I like this a lot. Um, and another thing that I liked as well was uh, so so the Chozo bring Samus back to Zebes, and and I'd never heard this before. But like they were like the uh, I think it was the atmosphere or something like that. They're like she cannot survive here. Like she she's going to perish within a couple days max. And that is the reason why they inject her with some Chozo DNA in order to help her acclimate to to the environment. Well, that's what they said at the time. Yeah, that's
1: what they said at the time. Well,
2: yeah, I thought that, that was I thought that was great.
1: I missed. Did they specifically say that it's the atmosphere?
2: You know, I don't know if it's the atmosphere. They did was, say that she can't survive on Zebus.
1: So my understanding was that Mother Brain says she's not gonna survive. Not not making a like not saying she's literally not gonna survive because she can't breathe. I think she was passing judgment on Samus. Like she's gonna die. Like she's a
2: oh, young okay. weak,
1: a weak kid. She's gonna die. Later in the story, it specifically like emphasized the fact that Zebus's wildlife is more hostile than other planets. Right. Which is another reason why it was helpful for her to have that DNA. But I think that specific statement was mm-hmm. Mother Brain passing juz- judgment on Samus, like, we don't need I this see. human here. It's a three year old kid. She's gonna die. because She's super weak. She's not gonna survive. Not like, oh, she can't breathe the air. She literally can't survive. I think that was that's that was my interpretation. You wrong.
2: you might be right. I I either way, I was I was kind of like, oh, like it's it's kind of cool because like they're they're injecting this DNA and like at the time it seems like a really good thing and it does end up being a good thing. But as as we learn mm-hmm. there's ulterior motives which is uh which is great
1: yeah they um, stick her in the uh, the the frieza ginyu force like rejuvenation pod from the yeah. frieza saga that vegeta's in and whatnot so it's like the same thing I'm like all right sweet
2: so you, are you guys down with this dna uh dna transfer better than metro dreads
1: yeah i, I mean, mean i had no problem yeah. with this i, I have no problem with like the DNA stuff doesn't bother me. I have no problem with them like, yeah, we're going to genetically alter her or whatever for whatever reason. That I have no problem with. It was when they started doing the I'm your father, this DNA makes this thing not attack you, like giving DNA magic, like that kind of stuff is way jumping the ship. But like yep. the, the you know, genetic modification, that that's pretty standard sci-fi stuff. That's not really crazy and not something that's unique to Metroid. So I had no problem with that. And it makes sense. That's also something that's been part of the Metroid lore for Mad long, so I'm super easy to accept.
0: Yeah, like this is stuff that, like, you was like in Smash trophy descriptions, like, even before the manga. So, this mm-hmm. isn't like it wasn't like some like brand new revelation, like, well, there's Samus, it wasn't some deals, random what? thing that just
1: <laughs> was made up. Yes, yeah, so that was totally fine with me.
2: Well, I'm more so meant like the way that they did it, but but your point is yeah. mistaken. Uh, okay, so we flash forward 11 years. So, Samus is what 14 at this point. Uh, I think they got yeah, she's the she's like a teenager. Uh, yeah, I think maybe she should have been like. Six or seven at the start and like, uh, 18 or 19 or something at the end. But anyway, I agree. Um, so yeah, 11 years have passed. Samus is training to become a Chozo warrior. She's got the power suit. And we also learned that the Chozo are breeding something on the planet sr 388. Of course, we all know what that is, but, uh, Samus doesn't seem to have her training completely down yet. Um, but she's, she's getting there and, uh, she still has that little pet, uh, pet bunny, by the way, uh, Pionchi. I think, mm-hmm. and uh, she finds some space pirate bones on the planet zebus And I could get this wrong, but here I try. These these space pirate bones are releasing these toxic plants, which are carried around by these creatures that are basically like butterflies. And um, <laughs> the, the chozo are just like uh-uh, and they eradicate the plants. And they go and they are trying to eradicate the butterflies as well. And Samus tries to stop them, recalling what... <laughs> whoa,
1: whoa, whoa. Let's oh. let your skip... The butterflies try to stop them first by picking up guns. Well, that, yes. You, you skipped over a major part of this. The butterflies literally pick up guns. And I, I was get, I was getting there.
2: Uh, these butter so these butterflies th- these are like I'm sorry. these are like the eagles from Lord of the Rings okay these are like big butterflies so yeah so Samus is trying to <laughs> stop Mother Brain from eradicating them but then then these things pick up guns and they're just like you want to fight I'll give you a fight <laughs> and, and so Samus destroys the weapons but not the butterflies but but then uh, Mother Brain's Mother Brain's goons her robots do in fact destroy the butterflies so Samus destroys. The, the, robots the robots from super
1: metroid by the way the worker yes. the the trash can robots which i popped off for when i saw yeah. trash can robots i was like oh trash can robots let's go the
2: the little uh the things that look like r2d2 for anybody that yeah the, recall yeah what they are yeah. yeah yeah this was great i i thought that was cool and then uh this is i love this after I don't, know, I don't know why but like it seems to me like the chozo basically fire samus after this transaction they're just like you know what we should see different. This people. isn't working out. This isn't you, working out. You should go explore somewhere else and become a hero on your own. Okay, like I, I, you know, I don't know about this. Uh, we're moving in a different direction, and the chapter's over. That's that yeah. was chapter two. Again, I I liked it. I did think it was hard to follow along with with what the hell was going on with the butterflies. I I will. I wanted to point that out, especially since Doom brought it up, because I had to reread it like a couple times. I was like, "These things have guns? What?"
1: <laughs> I, so, so my understanding was, I think you got it. I think they there were space pirates on the planet, dead bodies. The Chozo mentioned that they're like, "Oh yeah, there were space pirates here before we got here," though so apparently these space pirate bodies survived long enough to still be like giving off, f- I don't know, but. Um, I think the ultimate the ultimate point of it, I think, was that they were trying to get across was that even though the Chozo are still caring, they're still willing to make sacrifices, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're willing to not like they're willing to follow duty at, you know, a means to an end, which is different from Samus. She's still always going to be emotional. That's her it's like emotion versus duty is the big theme of this manga, emotion versus yeah. duty. And it's really interesting how the later either in this chapter or later on they mention how like Samus's power suit reacts to her emotions. It's really interesting to me is the Chozo try to act unemotionally, even though they're the ones who made it. Um, so the butterfly stuff aside, which I thought was, I mean, it's, it's a means to an end to get the theme across. I, I mean, I'm, I pretty much, I laughed when the butterflies were like <laughs> flying at them with guns. I'm like, okay, that's a little ridiculous. So I'll admit that's a bit much, but I overall like like what they did here. Again, I really love both in this chapter and the previous chapter. Yeah. They have like a reflective Samus. Like Samus is like on her own, thinking about like what is going on. Like this is crazy. I love that. Um, I really like like the character work here. Like it's Samus is given a lot of pressure. The Chozo are pretty much like, hey, you're now the protector of the galaxy. Samus was just like a regular girl on this like a regular kid like on this colony. Like she wasn't any special chosen one or anything, mm-hmm. and she's thrust into this crazy thing entire. Family entirely destroyed, the whole colony destroyed. The Chozo save her, but then they give her this huge amount of pressure. Like, you're the protector of the galaxy. Like, and she's like reflecting on it. She's like, this is crazy. Like, I don't know if I could do this. I really, that was one of my favorite parts of of the manga, was when she's just kind of just reflecting on that. Even the beginning of the story starts that way. Like, it starts as a flashback. Like, you know, she's thinking about what, what brought her here. So I really like that. Obviously, we got the Chozo talking about cultivating the Metroids. They kind of hint at it in the previous chapter. They're like, we have this huge threat. We got to deal with So we have this other weapon, blah, blah. Um, So they haven't really revealed the Metroids or the X yet, which is, you know, they're really kind of building it up, which is great. Um, We find out the pirates are on Zeppus prior, as I said. I love there's one panel after the fight or the butterflies die where samus like punches one of the robots downward oh, and like crushes so it, good. i was, like, oh, was badass i was like yeah
2: I, was, I thought she yeah. did that to mother brain at first so i was like oh damn like no wonder yeah, mother it. brain has it out for her
1: yeah and it was great and you can see like samus is very much emotionally affected by what happened to you know the butter the gun-wielding butterflies or whatever yeah. um
2: by the way mother brain in this is just like a, a floating like car so like, yeah she's just
1: a little drone a drone thing. yeah
2: it looks very uh-huh. cool
1: Dude, very cool think? that yeah it was a dope chapter
0: yeah so here's the i was ready to roast like the whole butterfly guns thing but like i i feel like you guys have already you know talked about you know pretty much everything there is to talk about that and honestly the more i think about it like like on one hand i'm glad it's not canon but on the other hand like we also have stuff like samus getting brainwashed and turning into a giant kaizu final boss battle which is still canon and even more ridiculous than butterfly guns so you know i i don't know maybe maybe it isn't so bad but um, I, I'm down with butterfly yeah.
2: guns. I, I I have no problem
1: with that. I <laughs> was I was like Pokemon picking up weapons. It was great.
2: You know what? I okay. Let's go to chapter three because I loved this chapter. This might be my favorite chapter in the book.
1: Oh wait! Before we do that, can we? I'm yes. sorry. I keep no, doing, no 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 no. Like, please go ahead. I I do like how they have this kind of. I know you were like, yeah, they kind of fired her, but I do like this little bit of the Chozo. Like, hey, like we've done all we really can for you. Like, you need to now build yourself as your own person and live your own life. And we can't just keep you here. We're a bunch of like old birds living on the rock. Like we got, you gotta go live <laughs> your life. You're a human. So I like that. I, 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 like that there wasn't kind of this cheesy derivative, like, Oh, she needs to go fulfill her destiny and go do this Chozo thing or whatever. Like they were just like, Hey, like there's no real reason reason for you to be here anymore. You're almost an adult. Like, I think this go, chapter go is literally called
2: destiny. Actually, no, yes, and it is. It is <laughs> the, the
1: chapter is called destiny. So I like that. Like that is her destiny, so to speak. But it wasn't like ham fisted. Like there was, yeah. Again, I the story. T- I honestly, I really think the storytelling. Like the some of the details, eh, butterflies holding guns. Okay, but like. The main theme, like how the themes are getting across, and like what they're like, I think is really strong. So, um, I agree. And the decisions they made, so
2: I even the butterfly, thing, I'm just like, you know what, it's, it's a the worst thing, it's a really manga not the worst based thing. <laughs> on a video game, like, there's gonna it's be like some moments. It's,
1: yeah. it's like early, like Dragon Ball, you know, like it's there, it's early stages, it's getting there, like, we're getting to the goofy stuff, the comic relief, you know, whatever.
2: Okay, so I loved chapter three, and uh, and I'm gonna tell you guys why, you know, I'm, I'm not a big Star Wars guy. But damn oh, it.
1: The, the damn summit. it.
2: I love the prequels. I love their prequels. And so this had total Star Wars prequel vibes. So we go and, and I liked it for another reason too. So we meet the cap or we go to the capital city of the Galactic Federation, which is Daiban. And um I, I just on the whole Almost Iron. Hey yeah.
1: <laughs> I read that, I was and, like, oh no.
2: I just like I I like seeing like the, the real world and like civilization like what what life is like in the yeah. galactic federation which which I really like but at the same time I sometimes well I want to see that I'm like I don't know if it's an appropriate thing to put in a metroid game cuz like how do you balance that that you know the atmosphere of metroid
1: it's kind of medium I yes, think bro. exactly
2: yeah. um so I I think that this was fantastic there's a bunch of like outrageous looking aliens that look they just they came right <laughs> out of the phantom menace it looks awesome and they are, they're debating what the hell they're going to do about the Space Pirates, who seem like this, like, unstoppable fleet of monsters, which, as you point out, Dak, really kind of adds to their their credibility as, as yeah. villains. Like, these guys have never been defeated. They've never been messed with. Like, the Space Pirates are, like, a big, big deal here. And, like, the yeah. whole world is coming together to figure out, like, what are we going to do about these guys?
1: See, is literally... That, that, I think, is really crucial, because in the games, the games kind of make it seem like, okay, the Space Pirates, like, exist, and the Federation, like, exists. But here, it's very clear, like... The Federation's coming together to deal with the Space Pirates. That's why it exists in the first place. Which I think is a way better characterization uh, aside from like, uh, as opposed to the games like, the Federation is just a big bureaucracy in space. Um, I don't know how you could get that across better in the games. Because, agreed, this kind of like more detailed look at the at the Federation um, mm-hmm. is better for this kind of medium and less so for games. Because like, who really wants to watch a cutscene about all this stuff when you want to be playing the game? Right, But um yeah i th- i like this i wish there was a bit more of this in the games that kind of like the federation doesn't just exist because it's a sci-fi story it's because it's specifically to deal with this threat of the space pirates which circles back to the space pirates stopping them from trying to get the caravan together to unite the federation in the first place so it's it, it all it all really works well together and yes it is very uh star warsy yeah like it's set up star warsy i i I don't have too much to say about this chapter because it kind of like the story kind of slows down here a little bit. You start to get a big exposition dump. Um, yeah. Samus is like working with the Federation police and stopping pirates from literally killing children like Six Flags style. Like if you're not old enough to ride that, this ride, we're going to murder you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, OK. Um, but yeah, I, I did like that little look into what the Federation actually is rather than just being this kind of nameless entity like it is in the games.
2: hmm. What's the capital city called in, in the Star Wars prequels again? Um, cor- I should. It, I was about to say croissant. Croissant. yeah, croissant. yeah, Corson.
1: Okay. <laughs> wow, am I yeah, am I croissant. right there? Croissant. croissant. Yeah. Okay, cool. Wow.
2: Yeah, what'd you think, dude? <laughs> or do you want me to wait till we get to the end of the chapter and? and well yeah, and I was continuing
1: because there's no we. That's that's just the first. Yeah, half. that's
2: just the, the fir- Okay, so, so really quickly and then Doom, I'll throw it over to you. Um, so, so, meanwhile, while this is going on, we, we see Samus, who is now a Galactic Federation uh, policeman. She's and a cop. She's a cop! <laughs> she's a cop. She's a copper. Uh, oh, yeah. She's like Jet Black, uh, a former cop, now a bounty hunter. But so she, And she has some buddies here, by the way, too, which I, I actually kind of loved, especially for like this type of medium. She's got this kid named um, Kreutz, and uh, this big kind of like... I don't know what he's supposed to be. He almost gorilla? looks like a gorilla. Yeah. yeah I wasn't and sure
1: if he's is they're not humans. They're like other no. oh, humanoid. Okay, yeah.
2: No, they, they one of them he's almost like a I don't know, like an elf or orc or something like that. Yeah, he's know. like pointy ears yeah. or something. Yeah. And then Mok is the gorilla and um and yeah, they they're absurd, They're doing some reconnaissance on some space pirates. These space pirates are about to wipe away this little girl because she's too short to do <laughs> manual work. These space pirates are bloodthirsty. <laughs> Jesus,
1: I love that part of it. I if they didn't talk like such like cartoon, like cartoon so
2: characters, the line yeah. is literally like spilling blood is the only thing that gives us pleasure in these <laughs> yeah, isolated yeah. worlds. It's like, it's like, like yes, on,
1: it's actually funny how like on the nose they speak. It's hilarious
2: yeah
0: uh, it, it's like it's like if the uh the batman arkham goons like went anime that's basically like what these guys are oh there
2: you go it's the bat uh so yeah this is great so so samus the bat! samus Mock, and kreats start kicking ass and they what, what
1: a name what a what a group right there of names
2: what, what would this faction's <laughs> name be i wonder my goodness uh um, yeah but yeah so they they start uh, they start handing out receipts and they take down the space pirates and um you know, Samus is about to kill this uh, this space pirate, but she's a flashback as she remembers K two L, and they, she's also got this little girl beside her begging her, and she's like, "I'm scared, please, you know, people are dying." So Samus is just like, "You're under arrest," and I, <laughs> put I it thought, in ha- literally
1: put it in handcuffs, <laughs> the space pirate.
2: It's hilarious, dude. So there's this character that we meet, and his name is Commander Hardy, and I had I read, writ- I wrote down, and initially i was just like, it seems like this was written after Fusion was released. I wish it was just adam malkovich instead which actually mm. as the chapter ends adam comes in so i was just like yeah but yeah. Di- this commander hardy oh my god he was reaming these three out for breaking their their the like Mario instructions. King guy yes and he's just yeah. like he says something like i'm gonna scribe love orders onto your forehead and leave you out to burn the sun and i was cackling listening to this old crusty commander guy that's just like reaming out these these three kids that just Went into business for themselves. I don't know why, but I I was loving this Commander Hardy guy. Um but obviously the important thing here is that we got Adam Malkovich, and that's chapter three. And I this is a great chapter, I thought.
0: Dude, what do you think? So I actually I actually don't like that Samus spares the and I guess I guess this is another thing with, with the manga, is I feel like there's a couple of elements like like on its own it feels like it could be a decent story but like in terms of the metroid universe i feel like there's certain elements that it touches on that Metroid like,
2: Two specifically that like huh all right like no metroid no like 2's. the metroid
0: series like 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 the metroid series in general Not okay. not necessarily metroid 2 but like where so so like the whole thing is like oh if i so samus is like oh if i kill this pirate then i'm no better than the pirate and it's like girl do you know how many space pirates that we've slaughtered in zero mission in the prime trilogy but that hasn't happened yet
1: but that hasn't happened yet
0: I-,
2: I also think there's a difference too because those are actively like you're in combat with those and they're trying to kill you and it's, i think it was a little she, bit different she's like, gonna,
1: yeah and this situation she's like the the space pirates essentially yeah. surrendered and she's going to execute it that's different than being in combat and also this hasn't zero mission all that hasn't happened yet she hasn't this is the first time she's fought a space pirate
0: True. i don't know maybe maybe it could be maybe it could change later on in the manga but i just i thought that was a, a weird moment it felt very forced and like uncharacteristic but like, like it make like it makes sense in the context really? of like the uh but it was the very mecha characteristic butterflies. of samus it, 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 it made it made sense it made sense with like the mecha butterflies but like in that i was like i don't know i will
2: say this i i think that um uh, i kind of had similar thoughts not with space pirates but i was like Samus is very attached to living things here and I was like you know you're about to eradicate all these Metroids um but I think that there's two things like first the story's not done so like we don't know what's gonna happen to Samus and potentially change reviews and second like you know Metroid 2 is so old that it's just like this is kind of written before before we thought about giving Samus maybe more of that care I don't know but
0: uh i'd say even i'd say even general metroid titles like i mean you play metroid dread and like any quote-unquote innocent wildlife if that's in samus's way that thing is done it's (laughs) yeah but like
1: like, um, yeah but again we're comparing samus on literally her like first mission as like a federation cop whatever versus dread where she's had a career of murdering things like Yeah. yeah she's gonna hesitate here i i mean i just don't think there's any like character like it's They're 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 clearly setting something up here by have like she could have just easily melted it and then it wouldn't have really done anything it wouldn't have really advanced the story I don't I don't think I I kind of get what you're saying but like in the context none of that stuff has happened yet so it makes sense that Samus is gonna
2: I I think there's gonna be a moment like uh, do you guys remember in Casino Royale where where Bond finally gets like his his two kills to become a double O agent like I think there's gonna be something along those lines where Samus kind of Another Man of Steel reference. Here we go. Where Superman at the end of the movie is just like, in order to do the right thing, I have to put down Zod. So,
1: also let's let's not leave out the context. She doesn't decide on her own. Oh, I'm gonna. St- I'm I'm no better than this space where I'm not gonna kill it. She's the girl. the The child she saves is crying and reminds her of herself. That's right. what motivates her to not. She doesn't want to kill the space part in front of the child. Right. That's really like. Yeah, she hmm. says like, "Oh, I don't want to. I didn't want to be any better than them." But the, she was about to do it until the, she hears the girl turns around. Otherwise, she was about to do it. So I think that's, I think that's fair. Like it wasn't like it was. I
0: like, I, I do think that's a fair point now that you bring that up. Like that she is, didn't just spontaneously
1: true. derivative, like, "Oh, I shouldn't do this." Like she was, it was, it was, it was motivated. So. <laughs> um
0: um but but yeah, I do want I, to say, slightly slightly off-topic, I'm actually really surprised that you enjoy Man of Steel as much as you do, Andy. I, like, I, didn't <laughs> think that would I love Man U. of Steel. <laughs> I that's didn't a, think that would be a U movie. That's a great but movie. Yeah, I, I love Man of Steel. I, I think it's criminally underrated. I love it, but yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I don't know anyone that doesn't
0: like Man of Steel,
2: actually. I mean, I know a lot of people don't. But, <laughs> there are you know, a lot of people
0: do
1: not like Man of Steel. There's a lot of people I've who never, don't like I've it. never <laughs> met like, anyone people.
2: face-to-face and de- them be like, yeah, that movie sucked. But, uh, also,
1: real quick here, I like the little thing that Samus does where like, she turns it around on the space part she's like, "Oh, if you didn't get detected by this sensor like you get put down yeah, right and, that like, was good. And, she, and and the space part's like on the ground below the sensor, which was great. And then you have like when the when Mario shows up or whatever and he's like yelling at them you have like the classic panels like the, the elf guy is, like with his arm like hands behind his head like oh come on like you see like the the exaggerated like anime panels. I love like that's I could like see this as an anime like when i'm yeah. like reading oh, yeah. it i was like "There, these panels are perfect like i could see that for our anime, just the, but, um, the
0: bulging eyes veiny forehead yeah. spit flying from his mouth as he's you know reaming him out yeah, yeah. yeah i really love it like i'm gonna scribble
2: orders into your head oh god that was good
0: it's just really cool to see like metroid
1: get an adaptation like this i know it's 20 years old but like yeah i don't know it's like metroid has such like little like stuff like this that it's really cool to see like it get adapted into a, a form that uh, so many other IP have so it's like oh look mm. at this like uh, like this is le- it feels legit and it is legit obviously but it feels legit doesn't feel like it was like knocked off or like rushed or whatever like it it's, right like like they, it like it almost feels like you could see how it could exist on its own and not be tied to the games as well like this could yeah. have just been its own kind of thing which i think is really cool and then yeah Adam shows up and it's just this like Stoic Adam. I I have um, a spicy meatball
2: ab- about Adam, but I want to save it till chapter five. So let's let's is talk it about that he's
1: blonde. Is it that he's blonde? No. Is it just me? Is it just me, or is that he doesn't seem to have dark hair in this? I know it's black and white, but how it's shaded.
2: I didn't, I didn't notice actually.
1: He lo- lo- if you give it a sh- look again. Uh, to me, he looks blonde in this. I know there's no way you could technically tell because it's black and white, but like how it's shaded. Like the other guy, Mario. he, he clearly has dark brown or black hair.
0: Hmm. But I don't think that matters so assume. much cuz this is cuz this is 7 years before other M, oh, so like not,
1: I <laughs> I'm not saying it matters. I'm just kind of <laughs> noticing. Uh
0: okay, let's go on to chapter
2: 4 here. Uh we got samus and Company. They are uh this is a big deal that they took down these space pirates. The Galactic Federation mm-hmm. broadcast this like to everybody that's willing to listen. So already there's there's a bit of folklore and a bit of legend to Samus's name here. Although I, I feel like they, they kind of leave out her two companions a little bit, but, uh, nonetheless, yeah, they, they have the, um, they have the, the captured, uh, space pirate and they're going to interrogate her. But at the same time, we have a secret, this, I popped for this. They have a secret meeting in Torian of all of the Chozo. So it's old bird, it's gray voice and, and it's platinum chest as well. Platinum chest is there. And mm-hmm. old bird, he, old bird reveals the, uh, the, the existence of the X he reveals what they're doing on sr388 and the creation of Metroid singular uh, singular by the way. and they <laughs> singular you know Metroid. they do this a bunch of times they they keep on referring to it as Metroid not Metroids but just Metroid which almost kind of made me wonder uh if they were like planning on on building like a, a entity of uh like almost Again, kind of like Nausicaä, how they have that thing at the end that they're the big warrior. Mm -hmm. I was like, I wonder if they were, like, originally planning on building, like, this superhuman kind of thing that that could almost single-handedly take out the X. Because they they consistently refer to Metroid as Metroid and not as, like, a species. It's like, it sounds like a person or a character almost. I don't know if you guys picked up on that or not, but that stuck out to me.
1: Yeah. Picked up on that. I wasn't sure if it was, like... Well, because there are some things that are plural, but the word is singular, you know? So that could have been maybe. it. Like Maybe the original intention of, like, the plural for Metroid was also Metroid. I also kind of interpreted it as, like, it was almost like a force of nature, like yeah, darkness maybe. or light. Like, that's how they interpreted Metroid as. It was that powerful. It's not just, like, the individual organisms. It is it is a force in and of itself, the entirety of it. Yeah, okay. Um, okay. That, I that's like that, how actually. I felt it. Yeah. yeah,
2: I like that. Um... Okay, well, let's let's keep on going here with uh with chapter 4. So um we've got some bombs being dropped and uh, once again I just want to say I love how like this is written like after Fusion came out so they could really tie everything nicely mm-hmm. together. Um and then yeah, we uh so so Olbert actually has a uh, an infant Metroid. I believe he has an infant Metroid with him uh at the time. Uh, I could be I could be incorrect. It's in like a
1: that. tank or something?
2: Yeah, something like right? that. And yeah. I and and it's almost like this one do my i kind of agree it was a little bit hard to tell i couldn't tell if it was the metroid or if it was like the brain of of mother brain um but i i think it was the metroid i
1: think they show both i think they show okay well i know later they show mother brain in the brain but i'm pretty sure they show mother brain's brain and then also <laughs> the metroid separately from that. <laughs> um yeah they do because they so when they're in the taurian chambers the very next panel you can see the mother brain drone and then the background the silhouette of like mother brain and then later in that same chapter they show the ex parasite and then they show like the panel that just says metroid and that's just a singular metroid in a tank so they show both.
2: okay gotcha um and then uh and then yeah the they show all this and what do you know we got trouble <laughs> in the planet Zebus. We have got the space pirate mothership coming into the atmosphere. This looks intimidating. Crazy. It's, this looks like the world is ending. This this is this sick. Is yeah, sad. where
1: is this in the games, man? This thing looks sick.
2: It, 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 it. Honestly, it looked like Independence Day when all those ships come in and they're just like getting ready. And it's just like, oh, God, what's about to happen it here? It looks like
1: it's about to like, like it's a big claw about to like absorb the planet. That's dope.
2: Yeah. Red Doom, what do you think about this?
0: Yeah, I um I, I pretty much enjoyed this chapter. I also really like so uh, I'm trying to figure out how to explain this. So like so like I like the concept of like the interrogation sequence where it's like this guy where the whole time this guy is a decoy and then while you know while everyone is just on board trying to extract information, it's like yeah yeah, actually. Oh that's oh that's chapter five. This re- that was is
1: real
2: this is really four, just a chapter bad. where they're like yeah, it's a, it's a Chozo chapter where they, you know, they're revealing the X, the met, the Metroid. Sorry.
1: Yeah, I think I think what you're talking about happens in chapter five, the interrogation itself. They, oh, gotcha. They're okay. to in chapter four, but it actually happens in chapter five.
2: Well, well, let me get there really quickly. I'll, let's go over chapter five really quick. Um, so, oh, okay. So unless unless anyone has anything I, that they want, I just had,
1: I didn't have too much to add to this, but I do want to say a couple things. Okay. Um, I. I thought it was interesting that the Federation. I mean, I like the idea here. Like, the Federation, like, oh, the space pirates can bleed. Like, we should, we can take them on. Mm -hmm. But, like, what Samus, it's not like Samus did anything crazy. Like, she just beat up, what, like 10 of them? Yeah. Like, with the help of two guys, like, on a recon mission. Like, the Federation. It seems like they should very easily
2: be able to do this.
1: Yeah. Like, I, I, it was, it felt contradictory. This was, this, I think, is a bit of a story telling misstep here. I wish this. Like I understand it like Samus getting involved, like this is an early mission for her. She's not gonna just take on all the space pirates at once. Mm. But I kind of wish the catalyst for the Federation to be like, oh, we can take them on was something that was a bit more of a bigger event, like a huge victory. It didn't seem like what they did was a massive victory against the pirates. It seemed like a pretty innocuous win, like a small victory. And they kind of treated it like it was like, Wow, we can beat them. I'm like, you guys couldn't have pulled this off like earlier? I don't know. That that I wish that um moment was a bigger moment but i understand it couldn't because samus was involved and it couldn't be too big for her not to be able to handle um
2: on the I th- other hand I, think I agree with that like it, if they would have blown up a death star let's for example that like that would have been a, a signature victory and like yeah exactly
1: yeah. it kind of felt like they took out like a small operation which is a good yeah. win but it didn't seem like it was like a pivotal thing that. and they kind of treated it like it was um the other thing that i did like though Because I kind of like the detail of the writer covering themselves, how the Chozo were like, yeah, we can't tell anyone in the Federation because we don't want anyone finding out about the X-Parasites and using them to clone their own army and, like, take over the world. Obviously, ironically, they create the Metroids, which do exactly that. But I did like that they kind of threw that in there because at the early chapters, I was like, why don't they tell anybody about this? Like, why are the Chozo hiding this information? And I guess that was fine um, reasoning there um there's also an oh sorry go ahead
2: i I was gonna say you you bring up a good point i don't know if it's this chapter or the next but like the chozo do essentially call like the galactic federation wicked and that's like uh i think that's in the next chapter but they but they say they trust them very much no something like actually you know what it's it's the uh i think it's the interrogation that doom is talking about actually where which i guess we'll just get there and we'll talk about it when we get there but yeah they obviously don't trust the galactic federation all that much
1: yeah um which makes sense which is why they don't they don't tell them um the space ship is super cool the there's a note about i think uh, a grave voice says this how they the chozo lifespan can't be extended anymore Mm -hmm. there's a line about that and i don't it's like a throwaway line like they don't really mention that again like they don't like i didn't know the chozo lifespans could be i mean I, i figured they could live for a long time but like i didn't know it was a thing where like they could extend their lifespans they don't seem to explain that or why they can't anymore they, i didn't i don't know if i missed that
2: sort of circle back to it in the last chapter but it, it's it's murky it, it's, okay it's
1: murky. um i forgot about that or but also and then also how Torian looks in this very different from how Torian looks in the games and Torian looks like uh, uh like a, a a shaft of like windows tabs or mm-hmm. something like it's like a bunch of like light shades i don't know what it is but it's very weird and if you told me that was Torian, i would not i would not have known that um yeah those are my only notes on this chapter
0: (laughs) one thing that i thought was really interesting was kind of how the conflict of the federation the pirates is framed there's a lot of allegory to the war on terror which at the time i mean this was 2003 so this was still incredibly fresh back then Mm. and it's very like they they don't really they don't really do anything with with it it's like hey this is kind of like this and then it kind of ends there but it's still really interesting to see like a nintendo property even like try to delve into like subject matter like that
2: hmm i i don't know if i picked up on that necessarily yeah. but like i do because like the, the space pirates to me seem like such a formidable force that that can fight with like like you know straight on force versus force kind of tactics where i wouldn't necessarily equate the war on terror to that but uh i think like that's that's kind of the beauty of that though is like it's in the the eye of the beholder i want to get to chapter five so that you could finish your thoughts to because i was interested to hear what you had to say there um, so here, here we go. So Ridley is, is preparing the attack and, and my note here, we've already kind of talked about this, but I was like, you know, the more he talks, the more I'm just kind of like, okay with him not talking in the games. Yes. Like, <laughs> you know, like I, I think his dialogue would have been, uh, better served if it was shorter and less. So, so there we go. Um, so, so Samus and company are interrogating the space pirate, and there's a ton of lore that they drop here and like lots of, of different, uh, like, wars that have happened, they, they mention the species war, they talk about, um, they talk about the, the space pirate talks about the, the species that Mok belongs to, that Kreates belongs to, and how, like, all these, these species are discriminated against any, the space pirate says, like, this galactic federation is a sham, it's only, you know, it's, it's controlled by the elite species, and he, he's trying to get under their skin, and it sounds like a lot of what he's saying is true, and I was, I was like, wow, that sounds kind of familiar, (laughs) and like, and then, and then, Samus drops the f bomb too, which I was just like, "Whoa!" I I was not expect. You know, there's a lot of cussing in this actually, and it's it's one of I two. Like, I like it. I like it. I, I, I was I was shocked. I was like, "Damn!" Like, yeah. And she drops it twice in this in this manga, by the way, which I I don't know It was shocking to me both times. And then yes, we reveal that uh, no one this space pirate is cocky, and he's nobody in his position should be as cocky as he is, and he's cocky because he is the decoy. Uh, to distract the forces from what's really happening—the main attack over on the planet Zebus. and um, and yeah, I will say I thought so. Samus immediately was like, "No, I'm going to Zebus and I'm going to help them." I thought that the conversation she had with Commander Hardy was very confusing, very—it was weird, like because he's just like he's just like, "No, no, the army's going there. The army's going," and I and I didn't quite get. And maybe you guys can help me out here, but I didn't quite get what he was trying to say. Cause like, like, was he trying to say that like the army's going, they're going to exterminate Zebus and like, don't go there because it could get blown up, or like, I I reread it a couple times, and I I don't know, maybe it's just again like, uh, you know, I, I'm pretty dumb too, Doom. So I I don't I just I didn't get it. Like I I had a I, hard time. I th- with
0: so this. I think I, I I think what was trying to be conveyed was that the army has been commissioned to do this mission not us we don't have jurisdiction this is out of I our see. hands we just got to we just got to stay put
1: yeah i cuz it, it leads to the setup of what adam tells her right afterward where she has time that he's given her um yeah. i think that was the thing it was like again it goes back to that emotion versus duty thing like uh, she wants her emotion she wants to go but it's her duty to not go and she has to fight with that um i think that was also like, there's there was also a little bit of, she's not going to survive. And I think he was probably like, hey, like, the, Ar- like the army is going to take care of this. Like, you're just, like, a kid. Like, don't, you shouldn't run off to do that. You're a Federation
0: police officer. You're, like, yes, you're a police I? officer. You don't
1: need to be running off into, you know, the, the first theater of war. So I think there was a little bit of that. Okay. And I also think that <sighs> there's one panel here I'm looking at where Mario says... We can't let the space pirates snatch the Chozo civilization until now. We've not known where they are, but the Federation saw that they could, that they could be there with their dignity, with their dignity at stake. The diplomats would surely make a strike very soon. It's my understanding that they don't want the space pirates to get any of, I think you had mentioned this, uh, uh, Andy, they don't want to get the, any part of the Chozo civilization. So the Federation is willing to essentially like nuke Zabbos from orbit. To like right. make sure none of the Chozo stuff ends up in space pirate hands. Yeah, that's what I kind of thought. Yeah, I think that's what it, I think that was part of it. Too. I think it's both. It's both. It's not her. I think you're both right. Okay. It's not her job, and also they're gonna glass the planet, and you don't want to be on there because you're gonna die. So like, it's a little bit of both.
2: I, th- this was one I had a hard time, with, and I, th- it I think it's confusing. probably the, the fan translation aspect of it, where it's not quite one to one. It's um, definitely a
1: bit confusing because it's like he's almost like agreeing with her, but is like yelling at her too. It's like it's weird. It's not very, it's not very clear what Mario wants. But I'm pretty sure you both Mario <laughs> got on it. It's, I mean, yeah. What uh, Hardy? Sorry.
2: Okay. I I have a, Mario, I have a spicy <laughs> I have a spicy meatball here for for this story. I think Adam Malkovich is awesome in in this. Model. Yeah, I agree. He's I awesome. Agree. This is
0: the cool. <laughs> this is the coolest Adam in uh, yet. This is the great best one. This I mean, we barely gotten any
2: of them, but yeah, yes, I agree. This guy's wicked. He's just like, all right, kid, 48 hours. You got 48 hours to get it done. And I was Literally like, the opposite yes! of other
1: M, other M. Adam, where Adam <laughs> <laughs> would have been like, actually, you're not authorized to go. He's here. This is really good because, okay, first of all, when you look at these panels, Adam is clearly a blonde, blue-haired man. I'm sorry, but like, if you look at like how he looks, I'm like, I'm telling you, he doesn't like, those are the features I could tell they wanted for this guy. I could just tell. Um. Otherwise, why would his hair not be shaded darker? Anyway, he comes in and he literally summarizes Samus's character at this point. He says, so you're following your personal emotions and abandoning your duty, right? Like literally the theme of like, he says it right there, which sometimes, sometimes you need to state the theme. It's not, there's nothing wrong with it, with being not subtle. Right. And Samus like whips around on him and he, she's like, don't stop me. I'm going to go. And he like, doesn't even like flinch, right? Literally
0: points her gun at him. (laughs) And he doesn't
1: (laughs) right in his face. And and he doesn't move And then he's like, you have 48 hours This, Boom. Like, this Adam
2: so good, Is so cool. so cool He's way cooler uh, than Fusion, way cooler than Other M And definitely cooler than Metroid Dread This is the Adam I've always wanted
0: well, there's also there's there's also another important bit. The reason he says forty eight hours, it's not like my personal order. It's like, no, you have forty eight hours before the Federation gets. Yes, there. If yeah, you want to do yeah. this and not get caught. You have forty eight right. hours. Yes, yeah. which I think which, is I, which I thought was even better. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, it's not that he's giving the order. It's that he's giving her information, making her privy to what's happening. And it's like, hey, this is the deal. You have forty eight hours. I'm giving you that information so you know it's possible. Like he didn't have to tell her that. That wasn't the information she knew. And then he just turns around like, "That's all."
2: Yeah, I, I hear, never, like. I never thought I'd be on this podcast saying that I thought Adam is awesome, but this guy rocks. He is great. This is the Adam I wish we got in the game. Um, okay, yeah, this is
0: the we're getting in the in the Spiteri other M cut. <laughs>
2: yeah, release the Spiteri cut of other M. By mm-hmm. the way, speaking of Man of Steel. Okay, and by the way, uh, Kreutz and Mok. Decide to go with Samus. So we have ourselves a mission. Uh, so chapter mm-hmm. 6. So the gang lands in Zebes and they see uh, a pirate that, uh, unbeknownst to them, has been killed by a Metroid. His energy has been sucked out of his skull. And uh, the pirates attack. And what did you know it? Pianchi is still... Pianchi the Rabbit, uh, you mm-hmm. might remember from Samus' childhood... This this little bunny has been a pet of Samus's, was left on Zebes, shows up, and guides the, the crew to an underground cavern. And um, the, the gang find a holographic message from Old Bird, and they explain that the space pirates have attacked because they wanted the secrets of the Chozo civilization. And he also reveals about the Metroids, and he says to Samus, like, no pressure but you are the one to save the galaxy and, and fulfill the Jozo vision of uniting the galaxy and, and bringing peace and that's uh, it's a tall order but uh, I guess the you know I guess if anyone could do it, it's samus um, so so there we go we we kind of have our, our final mission and then creates mock and Pionchi go back to to the ship to retreat because because uh, old bird says you know just get off the planet like the Chozo have have retreated as much as we can they probably the space pirates probably took some of us prisoner but by and large you know you should just get out of here so so those guys do but Samus is like I'm getting those prisoners and uh, she goes and ventures deep into Torian and wouldn't you know who does she see in league with the space pirates when she gets there is Mother Brain and Grey Voice
1: Bum bum bum.
2: So so obviously yeah, we Raven all, Beak? I don't even. Our our boy is uh, fighting Thoha somewhere, but so obviously we all knew <laughs> that that Mother Brain was was gonna pull this this bait and switch. But I didn't know about Gray Voice actually, so I was just like, dang, that's kind of cool. I like that. So yeah, good chapter.
1: I, I, I did know that twist, um, but I like the the setup. Um, I, I so the reason she goes deeper is because she's trying to find mother brain who will unlock the prisoners, I yes, guess you're right. Sorry. Or something. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I just want to make sure I, I understood that. Um, yeah. This, ch- I mean, this chapter is pretty much the old bird hologram explaining everything. And then Samus is like, I got to go in there and save the day. Um, I could I. Th- I thought, <laughs> okay, I don't know. Tell me, maybe I was the only one who thought this, but the moment where, um, Uh, Samus gives the rabbit to um, her friends because they're going to go back to the ship. Yeah. And because she's like yeah I can't I can't bring him and she goes like see ya and hugs it. I thought she was like snapping the rabbit's neck and like killing it so she can like move on and put it out of misery. Damn. Because she I just how it's framed it's like the the rabbit looking up at her and then she's like holding it tight as she's like bye. I'm like is she like killing it? But no they they take the the next the next frame shows that the rabbit runs away with them.
2: Um, she's not killing that space pirate. This <laughs> rabbit, I was, you're done. So like,
1: the first time I read Butter it, I was flies, like, Wait. that's
2: one thing. What? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um. So, yeah, this was, I didn't really have too much to say about this because it's pretty much a big exposition dump. Um. You know, Samus is the, has to, you know, fulfill the Chozo destiny or whatever. She's going to go save the prisoners. They find grave vi- voice with the pirates. Oh my God. Shocker um yeah and not really too much to say here but uh cool chapter
2: did you know about that twist doom no i didn't what uh what were your thoughts actually i have to ask so where where did you read up to because i don't think you you completely finished right
0: yeah so i got so i got to like a, a few pages into chapter six uh where i got to was that hologram message oh, where, of see. um of oh, so we just so we just Oh oh no, whatever what I do, to. <laughs> the 20-year-old
2: spoilers.
0: I I thought it was I thought
2: it's cool. And and you know, again, I thought that uh the the explanation for what the space pirates wanted from from the cho- it makes more sense in the next chapter and I'm going to try and get it right. But it, it is definitely a bit murky as we were talking about earlier, but uh I guess without further ado, let's go to the last chapter here, chapter 7. Um so Samus is stunned. To see both Grey Voice and Mother Brain alive and well and seemingly controlling the Space Pirates. And I really like this analogy that Mother Brain makes. She's like, listen, Samus, the Space Pirates aren't aren't evil necessarily. They just, they're like worker bees and they need to follow a queen bee. And, and I thought that that was kind of a, a cool, like, analogy to give to kind of show how the space pirates function. And, and maybe that doesn't completely jive with what we see in Metroid prime, but okay, fair enough. Um, and so their, their next line of course is like Samus join us. Like come, come be on the winning team. The Chozo are in decline. The Chozo are going to, to wither and decay in no time at all, but you can be the leader, the general of, of the space pirates. And together with us controlling them, uh, we're we're gonna lead. We're gonna fulfill the Chozo destiny, which is to create a harmonized galaxy. Of course, the the catch here is that they would harmonize the galaxy through force and through fear and intimidation. And um, and I kind of like this actually, because in in its own twisted way, Mother Brain is sticking to her original programming, which the Chozo programmed her to bring the universe together. And it's just like, you know, again, it's 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 kind of that classic sci fi trope of like. You create an AI to create a perfect world. The <laughs> AI realizes that the humans are the problem with the world and gets rid of them all. So, like, it's 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 well done, but uh, well done. I mean, like, it's it's well worn. Sorry, it's been done a lot, but I thought that it was well done in in this instance as well. Um, so, so I liked it a lot actually, and I like this little exposition. Um, now, this is where. This is where it does get a little bit tricky, and I'm going to try my best to explain, but... So Mother Brain is just like, listen, I'm going to fulfill the Chozo destiny, but the Chozo themselves are old, decaying, and decrepit, and they are... we're going to discard anything that this new world doesn't need, which is clearly an old and decrepit species. Um, And so Mother Brain's like, I know everything about the Chozo. They've programmed me with all their knowledge, all their secrets, all their powers, and she makes reference to how, like because the chozo were were such these great intelligent beings they like they artificially extended their lives they they created this like incredible technology but at the cost of being able to um like replicate or or create new chozo like they, they can't have kids anymore I, th- I think is, is the gist of what she's trying to say. So they did all these incredible things, but basically at the cost of their own species. So they didn't quite get to the, the Chozo didn't quite get to the finish line of doing these incredible things where they harmonized it in the entire galaxy, even though I think she said that they more or less created the, the bones of the Galactic Federation. Do yeah. I have that Right.
1: I believe that's correct. Yes, they extended their lifespans, which made it so they couldn't reproduce anymore, which gave right. them the motivation to unite the universe, which uh, was why they were motivated to start the Federation, and also why they helped create the mo- Mother Brain to run stuff. After, also after wh- they
2: were gone. Yes.
1: yes, but also, but but yes, and also they helped because the Chozo realized that they were because there's a line she says specifically um but 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 uh where is it something about how like she was created specifically because they had lost their like not emotional touch but like something like they they had lost a part of themselves that the mother brain kind of stepped in to to help with i guess which again goes back to that emotion versus duty thing i'm trying to find the the exact line for it but i but i can't um i think i think you got it I think you got it. So. I, I think that's like the general
2: gist of uh, of what she's trying to say, and she also she also has some Ravenbeak stuff going on here, uh, where she's just like, "Listen, yeah. you may think that you may think of of Old Bird and of Gray Voice as your, uh, and Gray Voice is going along with this whole plan, by the way. So he's he's clearly uh, not not all that benevolent."
1: Oh, I'm uh, sorry. The line I was looking for here was because the Chozo got. In conjunction with aging, the Chozo lost some fundamental skills, so they made me an intellectual support. So that was another thing too, like because they were getting so old, they were becoming incompetent, I guess, in some ways. So Mother (laughs) Brain like needed to help them with stuff, I guess.
2: She's their caretaker, yeah. So yeah, literally. Um. So yeah, so Mother Brain is just like, listen, like Old Bird is not like your adopted father. Like I created the power suit that that you have. I have the knowledge of the Chozo. I am the one that's built this army of of space pirates for you. Like I am your mother. Like I like Mother Brain's like, I'm I'm your parent. Like you should you should be with me and lead the space pirates. Mm-hmm. And together, you know, we're we're gonna take over. And uh Samus is is of course just like hell no and uh is is not going along with this at all. And and I do want to say by the way, I think it's weird how the space pirates all call her mother. Um but I guess yeah, I don't know. everyone
1: calls her mother. The Chozo, yeah. I think, call her that too. Samus calls her that as well. They just call her mother.
2: It's, it's kind of weird. I think I knew that though. But uh, but just when you think things can't get worse, in comes Boom. Seth Rollins <laughs> himself. Big General Ridley is here, and he has some. Actually, he has kind of a lame line to end the manga. I I thought with he's just like this is the 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 twerp you've been telling me about or something like that. Um, I think it would have been far better if Ridley just showed up and it, like it was his like his it's, his silhouette or like his figure it's so
1: Seth Rollins it's so yeah. like like chicken, I love Seth like, Rollins by the way uh yes. yeah I oh I do too but it's like that kind of like you know yes. chicken poop kind of heel you know like yeah. kind of like and tackling like, more... and, and exactly
2: over the top so so Ridley shows up in that my friends is where volume one ends so I will say
1: wait can we talk about chapter seven specifically before we give our overall thoughts or you oh, gonna i, I was i was time. gonna talk about
2: chapter 7 i was gonna say like okay, go I, I thought on. that okay. the uh i thought that well well i thought that the ending was was a bit um i don't know the right word not abrupt because i think that was a good point to end it but like i i do wish that Ridley had a better line or like it was a different panel <laughs> the last panel but i thought that the ending was sweet and just like i'm i'm pumped to read the next version of it um mm-hmm. so i i thought that this was great i again i think like when you have like the big exposition it's and again, I think it gets lost in, in translation just, just a little bit because, I mean, you know, this is a fan translation available on uh, metrodatabase.com. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I think it did a really good job of, like, conveying a lot of information in a pretty digestible kind of way. So I, I, mm-hmm. I like this chapter. I thought it was good. And I really, I mean, I love the... You know the old trope of like the AI gone rogue, but still thinks it's doing the right thing, what it's programmed for. That's something I will never get tired of, no matter what. Almost in any sci-fi story, that is like that is like low-hanging fruit for me. So I lo- I loved it.
0: So I like that aspect, and I haven't read this chapter yet because we literally started right as I was getting to six, obviously. But um, what I what I don't like is you know the whole space pirates or worker beast thing, which unfortunately is something mm-hmm. that was carried over into other M. Which mm-hmm. I'm I'm not a fan of. I kinda like I kinda like the space parts is like this conglomeration of other species that are trying to take resources from the Federation. Like, um, for various reasons, whether that be their own self-power, whether that be to sell materials in the black market, whether that whether that be mm. to um go past Federation regulation, etc. etc. That always appealed way more to me. This is just kind of like mahaha I'm gonna mind slave <laughs> you all. And I was just like, eh. Okay. <laughs> I, you know, yeah. I will
2: say, I like the analogy. I do think that it doesn't quite hold up. I mean, specifically, like, when you got, like, that captured space pirate who's like, very clearly has an agenda. He's trying to needle all the guys against each other. It seems kind of... Um, it seems more I like... T-
0: yeah I wanted because I yeah I, I forgot to talk about that when we were doing chapter five yeah so I thought the in that interrogation scene was really really interesting you 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 brought up the thing where you know he also brought in the federation where it's like bro the federation literally just let your your own species in and you're and you're trying to tell me that you know these guys are on your side mm. you're a pawn you're a tool they're using you and I thought that was awesome weird that it's coming from the guy that just wanted to murder a child for fun but still really interesting right um, that's, that's- really interesting stuff there and i and maybe maybe volume two will go in more into that but i I really wish like you know that was like you know kind of talked and extrapolated upon more because i thought that was like a really interesting question to ask even yeah you know even avoiding like even avoiding like you know all the fusion and other m stuff that was done with the federation i think that's just you know a really interesting question to ask in general and then um And then also, I guess um, the concept of using this guy as a decoy while the space pirates do their actual mission is cool. Really weird, though, that there's that only having three or four people in the room was enough for this to work when there's like millions of other Federation personnel that can still react and assist whatever is happening. But only having three people in that room was apparently enough to distract them. I thought that was weird. But again, I can look past that.
2: That's that's showbiz, (sighs) baby. I, I 100
1: agree with that. Oh, that was I, I. I thought that was interesting on twofold. Number one, yes, the fact that that was not entirely enough decoy for them. Second, it also seemed like whether or not there was a decoy, the space pirates were going to show up anyway. Like, why was there even, like what was going to stop that massive ship from appearing on the planet? It didn't seem like there was anything that was going to stop it. It Didn't seem like the decoy was really. I mean, the pirates were already alerted to K uh, K2L by just hanging around and following the Chozo. Like, I don't Mm. understand why... Like, why doesn't everybody have, like, sights on this ship at all times, really? It's massive! It's a huge ship! It's, like, half the size of a planet. It's massive.
2: hold on, hold on, because I could be be very wrong. But I do... Isn't there a line where they're just like, oh, no, you know what? I think the line is actually about the defenses of the ship, not about the stealth capabilities. There's a line where they're just like, we use some kind of technology to, like... Shield us or something, and I don't know if they're talking shield like physically or like shield from detect. There, there is a line, but it's a very throwaway. I mean, I I agree with you guys. It's like it's like there were no forces. Like there was a surprise attack by Samus that she wasn't supposed to do. But I I guess I I also kind of feel like, uh, you know what? Like if you if you start really looking into it, like there's probably a lot of like you know there's probably a lot of that kind of Uh,
0: shenanigans. again it's it's one of those things where for me if you read it literal page by page translation it's really goofy but the concept of it i really like i i see what Um, you're saying
2: yeah
1: so at least for my total thoughts on this chapter um i want to go back to what doom was saying earlier i agree about the whole space pirates being like literally controlled as worker bees i think that's super dumb um i i think it's way better as them it it makes sense in this interpretation of them though even though they're called space pirates they're very clearly like a way stronger force and like a more coherent thing in this story than they are in the games they don't actually i mean aside from attacking k2l they really don't seem like space pirates at all and um so it it makes sense in that interpretation that said i'm still not a huge fan of it i think it's kind of I I i mean I agree. I think it was, it's much better where, like, they're a conglomeration of species. It's like the Covenant, you know? Like, they're not literally all the same species being mind-controlled. And it does kind of conflict with that guy being interrogated, like you said. Like, if he was just being mind-controlled, why is he seem like a complete individual? Um, but, eh, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of that. I kind of like it better where Mother Brain was just like, she's, like, leading it and Ridley's really leading it because they're the strongest and the smartest. Not because they mm. literally... Are, like, it gets into saying, like, the space pirates are worker bees, like, it's decided in their genes or something. I'm like, uh, not not for me. On the other hand, the stuff about Mother Brain talking about Samus being her mother, I think is way better. Because she's not literally saying that she's actually Samus's mother. She's saying that's essentially what she is. I created who you are. I You would not be here without me. I essentially made you who you are. She's not literally saying... I'm your actual mother, like Ravenbeak does, which is why that comes off as lame and corny, and this comes off as, I think, pretty good. Um, I also like how they saved like the creation of the power suit for this. They could have kind of gone into that way earlier in the story, and they save it for this reveal of, like, I'm the one who created the power suit, and then it goes to, like, Samus's, like, corrupted flashback of, like, being shown the suit by, you know, ol- um, Old Bird or whatever. Um, and, you know, you see that, and, like, the power suit like reaches out at her and whatnot she's having like a nightmare like Mm. i love that like and now it's like she's called into like did did they really raise her genuinely or did they actually have her always in mind as a bioweapon like they did the metroids or whatever so that part i really really liked um i really like that exchange with mother brain um the kind of breakdown is like hey like us aligning the chosen the space pirates aligning with mother brain is actually you know in, in Gray Voice's mind, like this is how we achieve the Chozo vision. So it's not even like Gray Voice is like, "Oh, I'm an evil guy," blah blah blah. He's like, "Hey, this is the winning side, and it kind of works for our purposes. So I'm gonna join up, you know." Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that; it makes sense. Uh, they asked Samus to be part of the the Space Pirate Council or whatever, which again was something I knew about from reading, you know, Wikitroid pages over the years, right? Um, and. Yeah, I kind of I like that. Samus drops another F-bomb here. Yes. Um, yes. You know, so great. that was cool. Um, you know, she's like, again, the other kind of theme here besides emotional and duty is like Samus being a weapon or not. So that's dressed here directly. Mm-hmm. And then Ridley shows up. Classic Ridley shows up at literally the worst time every time. Um, that is great. I actually kind of like, this is where I'm actually kind of kind of won over, not won over by Ridley, but, like, I'm kind of with him being this kind of somewhat comic relief, like, bad guy. Because now we have other our Mother Brain, who is the serious like, antagonist. So I'm kind of okay with that. I still... It's still a bit too anime-y. It's still a bit too tropey for me. Still very Seth rollins for me. But, uh, I mean, they do a good job of making him look really menacing. I love his silhouettes and, like, how yeah. he, like, appears. Like, he looks so demonic i love how they do it um yeah i thought this was a really cool chapter obviously this is the midpoint of the story so it's not really an end so there is more to it but this is like e- everything's built up to this you know yeah, everything's I, built up to this so
2: i can't wait to keep reading um yeah i, I really enjoyed I, it and just uh my thoughts on the the anime as a whole and maybe you'll we'll all i'll keep it we can maybe delve into the the canonicity if that's even a word. Once we finish, like volume two, perhaps. Canonicity
1: is probably a word, right? I, Canonicity sounds like <laughs> um, yeah.
2: But just uh, just because we're running long, my, my I guess my final thoughts on, on the anime. I was really really impressed actually because it's like it's not like it tells a complicated story, but like there's a lot of moving parts and like there it was paced out well with exposition and, and action. It was uh, it tied in a lot of different threads from a lot of it. It felt like really clean, like a really clean telling of samus's origin while also mm-hmm. weaving in the elements that we would uh, of course get to know later in metroid fusion in, in samus returns in super metroid etc so like it, it felt like it just uh, a really clean attention to detail uh cohesive easy to digest narrative that like man like I, like this would be really compelling i think to give to to someone that's not a Metroid fan, to be like, you know, this is what the series is about. You should check it out, and I think you could win over a lot of people um, with this anime. And it's a shame that it's not like available. Like I, I've got the uh, the Ocarina of Time and uh, Malga right here, and it's like, man, I, I wish that they could do something like that for Metroid because it, it's a really quality anime. Like the artwork is is, is really good. The storytelling is really good um it's faithful to the series like there's a couple shots of like screes and stuff like that in there yeah there's a uh, like
1: codes yeah, like, from yeah fusion. yeah yeah
2: like there's like it, there's lots of like good uh, original characters as well like i i think it's just it's a really well done adaptation and and i've always kind of uh, really quickly but i've always kind of rolled my eyes at, at people that are just like well it happened in the the manga so it must be canon i i can see that a little bit more now actually after like finally sitting down and reading it like yeah, this mm-hmm. seems like a really, a really good, compelling story that doesn't conflict with anything. is It's just it's really well done.
1: Yeah, I 100 percent agree. I really enjoyed it. Um, obviously a couple of things that are, you know, yeah, butter, guns with butterflies with guns, <laughs> Ridley talking to everyone, you know, like yeah, okay. Um, but overall, I thought it was really good. I thought you nailed it. Like really well paced, really great. I mean, there are some exposition dumps, but they make sense in like the pacing of the story. You kind of have to do that at times. Um, I thought it was like. I like how they don't outright tell you stuff. There's a lot of good setup and payoff in this like fundamental basic storytelling. I think is really strong in this. Yeah. Um, I think the space pirates are depicted like the space pirates are a pro and a con. They're both depicted like a huge threat, which is super cool. They also talk like complete weirdos and like, horny cartoon characters for some reason they literally want to
2: eat your flesh like and i wish
1: i wish i i I wish they had either like not done that or maybe saved it for just the pirates but i guess ridley also like if ridley was also too stoic and dramatic then it would you know mother brain needs to like i can tell now like mother brain fulfills that like dramatic serious antagonist role so the space Mm -hmm. pirates can't be kind of similar um i thought it was really solid the twist is great that build right to the midpoint I love how much you get... I mean, the, the character development with Samus is so good. It makes so much sense. Like, Samus is thrown into this crazy thing. She's, like, reflecting on, like, how crazy this is, like, how much she's lost, like, where she fits into all of this. Um, really, really well done. The um, the theme is very clear, emotion versus duty, that mm. carries through the entire story and is relevant to, like, almost every chapter I like, um, I like how the Chozo are depicted. I, the only thing I wish with them is I wish we got a bit more of the Chozo being like the protectors of the galaxy mantle thing. Right. I kind of get like they say it a lot, but I didn't really see it too much. I kind of wish like we saw a little bit of that, like maybe the Chozo doing something like protecting people, whatever it is to kind of live up to that mantle. But I also, it makes sense later in the story because, as you can tell, that mantle is kind of self-imposed, you know? It's like they kind of come up with that themselves to give themselves purpose. Mm -hmm. So it's not something that would be shown externally as much. So I guess that, maybe that's not a... um, I'm kind of just thinking out loud here, stream of consciousness, but I thought it was really great. I love how they worked in, like, the real-world Federation stuff. Samus' character development was great. The artwork, fantastic. Some awesome action shots, some great landscape shots.
0: Cool uh, panels, the character too.
1: Designs. Panels are great. The character designs are awesome. Um, I, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed this, and I think, yeah, it doesn't conflict with anything in, in Metroid, the games, as far as I know. If someone were to tell me this is canon, I'd be like, yep, that works for me. Like, this, yeah. this for me, it feels very legitimately Metroid. Obviously a bit anime, manga-fied. It's very tropey in that way, but I, I kind of like it. I, some, sometimes tropes are tropes for a reason, you know, like yeah. the, it's just something works. And I kind of, there's a little bit of familiarity to it. And you kind of see that same style carried over to an IP you love. So
2: uh, that's, I that's love what it, I thought really... about Mother Brain. I was like, I love this trope and I like that they're doing it. And you know what? Yeah. The guns with butterflies, the last Ridley lion, uh, the, the, there's some silliness, but I can forgive it. All of it. Because this, this did the unthinkable. This made Adam Malkovich cool. And awesome. Yeah.
1: And like co- a couple panels. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. I agreed. This was real I really enjoyed it. I really cannot wait to
0: read the rest of it. Doom thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle? So it's so here's the thing. I was going into the episode ready to dunk on it, but like I feel like talking with you guys and you know, hearing, you know, everyone explain their thoughts, you know, it really made me look at it in a more positive light. I still overall I still have a lot of criticisms criticisms with it and whatnot. I think a big part of it is just for me, I don't really like a lot of those big tropey animeisms in Metroid. It just really I feel like the two clash for me personally. Mm. But like taking taking all that out taking out some of the fan translation aspects mm-hmm. and looking at the core of the story you know i think it's a really solid foundation you know you know i only went in here prepared to talk positively about Adam but you know as we <laughs> talked more and more about there was you know other stuff you know like you know Samus and Old That was like you know actually that was really well done or you know the um, the whole interaction with the pirate about like you know the galactic how the galactic federation is just using you and once they're done with us you're next in line like that's a re- I thought that was a really interesting concept and there's just mm-hmm. lots of there's lots of really cool details and stuff to pull in here that I, and, and frankly, I just think it's more interesting to look at what works than what doesn't mm. in this. And so, yeah, I kind of, I really appreciate this discussion because otherwise I probably would have had a much more negative outlook on it. Well,
2: I'm, I'm glad that's uh, <laughs> that's great to hear. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, like I said, at the top of the show, uh, we will be back and reviewing part two. And uh, the plan is to eventually, kind of get uh, get all of the manga uh, over and and read and, and reviewed which includes samus and Joey which includes some of the uh, Metro Prime 2 content and and uh, I think there's some hunters content as well um, and there's actually there was one that really stuck out to me where it was like I think it was written in uh, like 1986 or something like so around the time where nestroid came out and it's like a complete reimagining of the series samus is a guy it looks completely bonkers so I'm, I'm looking forward to that one as well so there we go. I, I thought that this is a great debut episode for the segment. I'm I'm really excited to uh, specifically finish off this uh, this manga as well because I, I think that uh, lots of good stuff going on so far. Um, so yeah, that's uh, you can look forward to that coming at you in the future. Um, but we we are uh, of course we're running a little bit long, so I, I feel like we should get out of here, gentlemen, and remind um, everybody that if they want to check us out over on uh, Twitter, you can check us out over at Omega Metroid Pod. I that's Spiteri 316, Dak is at Dak City. Underscore Doom is at Doomil Cross. Uh, check out OmegaMetroid.com, You can get all of your uh, guides, maps, news. Uh, by the time you're reading this, I think that, or listening to this rather, I think that we should have our full 100% Metroid Zero Mission guide ready to rock and roll. So if you're inspired by this origin tale, want to play the closest thing that we have to that, uh, you can go and go and check that guide out for a, a different experience, one that'll get you along the game in a different way. So. So yeah, go and check that out. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, like and subscribe. Leave us a review. We would love to, uh, to see that. And uh, we're over on Patreon as well. The Great Metroid Area Ranking continues to roll along. So lots of cool stuff going on over at Omega Metroid. But my friends, that is going to do it for this week. Uh, until next week, everybody. Take care.